Welcome back to the Locker Room Podcast, podcast number 66, brought to you by RIP.app. RIP.app has all your coaching, monitoring, and business tools in one place. Simplify program creation and delivery and take the pain out of client athlete monitoring so you can focus on what you love doing, which is coaching. Today's episode is on the importance of coaching education. So I've got Stevie Poocher with me here today and He's going to talk to us about the development of coaching education at GAA and its importance at both individual and club level. So welcome on to the show, Stevie. Good man, Joe. Thanks very much. Stevie, first off, um, your long-running coaching clinic, you'll be a busy man this weekend. Um, I believe it's the largest of its kind in Ireland and it's taking place uh, this weekend in Newry. Could you tell us a wee bit about that coaching clinic this weekend and also maybe about how it has evolved over the years? Yeah, Joe, look, um, it was an idea that stemmed in a classroom in a small classroom in Mourne in Kilkeel and St. Columbus, uh, going back now 13 years, Joe. Um, my, my inspiration from, for a coach education came from, from, from John Morrison. Now, going back a number of years ago, John or Reston, like John would have ran workshops in Armagh, actually across the road from where he lived, actually, just facing the cathedral there in Armagh. And there was a wee 3G pitch in there um, and also a grass pitch as well that, that teams would use, school school teams would use. And he ran a coach education evening one night. And John being John, you know, as quirk as he was, arrived with a, the big Russian hat on and the squeezy whistle. This squeezy whistle, first time i ever seen it, ever, ever. You know, I don't know if you've seen them, Joe, but they're hygienic yeah, whistles. Yeah. And it's... I've become notorious now for using them. Like, you know, the, the lads in school laugh like I'm squeezing away at the whistle, like, you know, and, and uh, the young lads like to use it as well when they're, when they're refereeing games for you and things like that. But, you know, John, you know, being unique as he was, delivered this coach education even. And I always thought to myself, by Jesus, you know, this is invaluable. Like, and then I started going to to the, the they used to run uh, the sort of coach professional development ones, the CBD courses. The Ulster College, our council used to run the likes of Philip Kerr and guys like us here would have would have been doing them in the mid Ulster sports arena. Joe, you know, went around about 2007, 2008 when I was really, really starting to get into coaching for yeah. the first time. And you know, being a PE teacher anyway, you were you were always going to be coaching every day of the week. So just something that you want to try and improve. Good coaching will help improve good teaching, and vice versa. Good teaching help improve good coaching because a lot of the qualities remain the same in, in, in both Joe you know so I was going to these things and the one thing Joe that I really enjoyed about them was the practical element so you're actually getting to see a coach in operation now people think it's actually you're going just to see the, the drills and the games but you're actually going to see the coach style as well and and how that coach presents and how that coach delivers now I deliver I deliver in my own unique way I deliver with a lot of industry and a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of passion that's the way I like to deliver my coaching you know and and what I've learned down the years Joe is that you know sometimes you have to have a lot of patience you have to make things very very simple you know when when you are when you are coaching but this coach education sort of idea then really stemmed from 2008 I was in Crow Park at the GA National Coaching Conference and it was in Crow Park in 08 and the whole emphasis was about trying to create and develop Joe a games-based approach to coaching right a games-based approach now that's 15 years ago 14 years ago there is probably still elements of coaching within the GA that is very drill oriented Joe right very drill oriented and drills will only improve your, your, your young players to a certain degree and then after that it's obviously up to you know their, their experience through games and their thinking through games like and 
this is something that I sort of come up with then that we would run a coaching day in school that, that might sort of coincide with a fundraiser, but also might actually give me something to really, really look look to and, and, and really develop over the years. And it started in 2009, January 2009. And we had... Um, John was actually one of the first presenters, actually. Believe it or not, Lord rest him now. He's, he's, he's passed away, God love him. But John was one of the first presenters. And down the years, without, I probably should have had a list of people here that have presented, but we've had some seriously good coaches, Joe. And without leaving anybody out, like, you know, we've we, we've had the likes of, you know, Jim McCory and, and you know, Paul McIver and uh, Barney McAleenan, you know, uh, Aidan O'Rourke. Peter Donnelly, you know, Colm Nally. We've had some fantastic coaches, some brilliant, brilliant coaches down the years. And this year, obviously, our lineup is is no different. We've got Bernard Jackman doing a talk. Um, we have Enda McGinley doing a pitch session on scanning. And we've now Morgan doing a session on integrating the goalkeeper into the full session. A really, really good day plan. And then, obviously, as well, we've been very fortunate that the day has grown to the extent that we have performance sports and stats sports linking in with us as well in the day, Joe. But it started, Joe, with 57 coaches in, 2000, in, in 2009, January 2009. And last year, uh, October 2021, we had 430 coaches, you know, which, which is a phenomenal growth, Joe. Phenomenal growth, you know. That's really. a lot. Yeah, and it's something, it's something that we've really, really prided ourselves on, Joe, is the uniqueness of our day. You know, I, I do see a lot of coaching courses popping up now, and it's great to see it, like, but... You know, ours is for the right reasons. It's an unprofitable day, Joe. It's to help raise funds for the school. Uh, plus, as well, we have a huge level of experience in delivering these days. Um, you know, for these days to work, Joe, you need a group of players. Your own brother, actually, Benny, is bringing the down miners, and they're going to be the guinea pigs for the day. So they're the, they're the guys that are performing the drills. And that's important, Joe. That's important. Now, the reason it's important is because, yes, in a realistic coaching session, drills will fail, games will fail, you know, players will make mistakes. But you do need a high level of player to demonstrate the drill in the game on the day because players or coaches then will get a, a really better feel for it. And you can also get through more stuff a lot quicker than Joe. So coaches are taking a mountain of ideas away. And that's something that a lot of courses struggle with. A lot of courses struggle yeah. with the fact that you really need the players. You really need the players uh, on the day to perform, Joe, you know. Yeah, I've seen um, a few. Co- I've seen a few coaching <clears throat> videos online on YouTube there, Stevie. And the sort of quality of the players hasn't really been that good and as you say drills start to break down the coach starts to get frustrated and then the whole thing can sort of fall apart yeah yeah and listen look don't get me wrong joe if you go to a coaching day and you pick up one or two really small things it's been a success that's the way i always look at it like you know and like i got three text messages today believe it or not in, in very quick succession i got one from galway uh there's a, there's a carload of lads coming from galway i got one from from a from a, a gentleman at temporary actually there's two of them traveling from temporary and actually three men traveling from the O'Loughlin club in carlo like and it it shows the extent joe of where the day has reached to and, and how far it's gone and like joe for us as well as a school you know, just so that people are, are aware of it, and I obviously will say this on Saturday as well when we kick off the day. Like the very first year, this is our second, or sorry, our third one in St Joseph's. I obviously had 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 ten previous in St Clemens and Kilkeel, but like the funds, the very first day, Joe put in a brand new strength conditioning suite for our lads. You know, in school, which was absolutely invaluable. You know, we got a guy called R Two Fitness from Tyrone who came in and got it out an old classroom, brand new S and C suite. We've added to that since as well with dumbbell racks and, you know, three or four squat racks, prowler tracks and stuff like that. And it's brilliant for our kids, like, you know. And then the other thing, Joe, as well, last year we had three sets of goals as well that, that the coaching day paid for as well, you know, and, like, you know, small portable goals for the field and nets and stuff. Just small things like that, Joe, that helps, you know, the development of GA within the school. And the money has gone back into the right reasons, which is important for, for coaches to realise. I think coaches really appreciate that and respect that because the value of our day as well, like, it was £10, 
you know, 14 years ago and it's it's only, well, it was £10 last year, but we, we've put it up this year to 15 just from the simple point of view being that it's the first time we've actually put the money up, you know, and for £15, they listen to the likes of Bernard Jackman, who's absolutely inspirational, to see the likes of McGinley. McGinley's is going to be very interesting, Joe, because it's based around scanning and getting your head up and looking for to kick the ball and things like that. And that's probably a big talking point now within our association that maybe the game has become very, very much hand pass orientated. That's something that he's going to work on as well. And then Niall Morgans as well is obviously very, very important because we understand the influence and the importance of the goalkeeper now in the modern game. So all in all, Joe, a really, really good day to look forward to. Joe Turley coming in and performing sports towards the end of the day to do a sort of analysis bit as well towards the end of the day, which would be very interesting. So all in all, coaches are going to get a really, really good morning to learn and Joe. Yeah, it certainly will be interesting, Stevie, to see what Enda has to say about scanning and, and vision in players. That should be a very interesting one. Stevie, I'm just looking at an email here that you sent me 10 years ago. You used to send uh, drills and all 10 years ago, and you sent one of your coaching clinic outlets when you were at St. Columban's College there in Kilkeel, and this one's from 2013. Some of the contents, shooting should form a part of every training session, shooting games, drills, four shooting games. Fitness testing made easy, fitness test guidelines. And then you've got a quote here that says champions are everywhere. They just need guidance and coaching. Do you still stand by that yeah. mantra? Absolutely, Joe. Absolutely. Um, you know, probably some of the best days, Joe, that I've had coaching, like I've come through schools football, you're a teacher yourself. And when you see a wee group grow from, from, you know, 10, 11 years of age to, you know, to 16, 17, and, you know, you see the development in them, Joe, you see the improvement in them. And, you know, school teams, like people have this obsession now, Joe, like absolute downright obsession with winning, you know, at a particularly young age. And I'll give you two examples there recently, which, which I found really, really unhealthy. So I, I watched a, an underage splits. I was actually out watching the week playing a football match and uh, under 14 game and there was an under nine blitz on. And I just thought, Joe, it was just so win at all cost orientated. And listen, people are doing it because they love it. They want their kids to succeed. You know, they want the best for their clubs. But is that developing and coaching the youngster probably not like you know to the detriment maybe joe of 10 or 15 other children who maybe don't play or who are pushed into a, a perceived b team and you know don't get that opportunity to play with players of a higher ability etc etc and we've got to remember joe it's a bit like the 11 plus i'm dead against it uh the transfer test dead against it and the reason i'm dead against it joe is very very straightforward if everyone was to judge every young player's technical and athletic ability at 10 or 11 years of age we wouldn't have too many senior county players, you know, like I think of the late developers, the likes of, you know, even in our own school in Kilkeel, the likes of Ambrose Rogers, who mm-hmm. would have been a late developer, young Ambrose, you know, the likes of Peter, Peter Canavan, who would have been a late, a late comer to the Thrones Coast. Like everyone develops at a different level, at a different, you know, at a different pace. And it's the same academically. Certain children will develop later, you know, academically and will become stronger at numeracy or literacy or whatever it happens to be. You know yourself from a teaching perspective, Joe. And that's why it's important that it's a development. Every age should be developed, 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 developed. Then you get that plateau where it is, right? Now we're looking at winning. Now we're looking at winning, you know. And I think that that's vitally important to remember that, you know, development development should take preference, Joe, over winning at, at, at a really, you know, I don't want to put a, a level on it or an age on it. But for me, I look at the Spanish model where there's no competitive football and soccer till they're, 
know, no full-time competitive, really competitive leagues until they're 14, 15. And you know, something that we could maybe learn from, Joe, you know, you go to some of these blitz and it's when at all costs. And it just sometimes takes away from the technical, the, the technical aspect of it. But guidance is huge, Joe. Coaching is huge, you know, and, and you know, having that guidance as well to be able to sort of install a bit of character in young people, you know, to show show your students that you're cure and you know try and inspire them through really good role models and things like that as well and you know just encourage them to to just make good judgments in their life and things like that joe as well you know and good decisions and that's something that's vitally important as well because good coaching and good teaching are are very interlinked and i, and I get my most pleasure joe most pleasure from from working with school teams most pleasure and like the even today for example like our boys beat somalia's castle Allen by a point and the under 14s now i don't take that we team gareth campbell and, and marty Mallon take it in school like the joy that we had after that because this wee group probably looked at it last year and thought like you know we're maybe not at this level and we moved up through the grades really spiraled up through the grades like to our to our nearly playing b football so much like joy in that, in that today, you know, because you've seen the growth and you've seen the development of those lads. And again, I'm not contradicting myself about winning. I was happy, Joe, at halftime because it was a draw. And I said to Kevin, me and Kevin were watching, and I said, this is a success here today. No matter what happens, this is a success, but we've been competitive with movements. And Joe, this is the thing as well, which I'm going to come to, we're probably going to come to, the work that our local clubs have been doing all summer, you can see this, you can see the difference and their development and some of these young lads and I pulled one young lad aside today and I said to him you are honestly one of the most improved players in this school Like, and he was buzzing you know and he was delighted and he left the, the field feeling a million dollars because he has been and that's testament to the work that, that the good clubs are doing as well you know Yeah it certainly does all come back to coaching the coaches as you said just going back to the sort of evolution of coaching education Mickey Ned O'Sullivan and others they led these kind of coaching development courses back in the 70s but it actually goes back a wee bit further to the 60s when our own Joe Lennon published two books. The first one was in 1964. It was called Coaching Gaelic Football. And then he released another one in 1969 called Fitness for Gaelic Football. Now, it's probably no surprise yourself that I know about this is that Darren won three All-Irelands during that period. And, and he was probably ahead of his time, Joe Lennon. So I suppose the question is, how important is it that counties and clubs promote and support these types of coaching clinics and coaching education in general. You see, Joe, there's there's maybe a mis misconception out there that it's oh, it's an ego bashing thing, and it's like you know a sort of a, a backslap and exercise for some coaches to stand up there and you know perform on Saturday. And oh, I'm not going there to watch him, but you're not. You know, it's, it's not that we're going to learn up. You know, the best resource we have as coaches is each other, Joe. I've spent some great times, like you know, over the last number of years. You know, in other sports, going to watch the likes of Hearts in Scotland, uh, you know, and spend a bit of time in their camp, professional rugby setups, you know, hockey, Ireland hockey. You know, these are sports that you will learn from because every coach is a good coach, right? And every coach carries a different dynamic, different personality. But if you can pick up two or three little things, Joe, that you can bring back to your club, your school, your county, that's only going to enhance your players, better players, you know, and better coaches will make better players. And this time of the year is so critical for that, Joe. Um, you know, it's it's a huge, it's a hugely important time for coaches to upskill. Um, it, it it really is. But for me, Joe, and this is the big thing I've been very passionate about over the last number of years, not just in down. I'm I'm not saying that this is a down thing. We can do so much more for coach education in our county, right? And 
we could run so many more of these nights. So, for example, last year, Joe, last January, I decided to trial something, and Daily Sport were involved in it, and it was the winter, the winter coach education program, yeah. three nights in a row. We had the, we had got so of nearly a thousand coaches come through the gates of our school those three nights, you know, and that that was a phenomenal, phenomenal learning experience. Like, and that was just an hour and a half in the evening or an hour and twenty minutes, you know, of of, of presenting some games, giving you know some games based approach to training, and a lot of things came up that became a lot of talking points, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and it was class. But for me, Joe, you know, I think from a GA perspective, I don't think our coaching qualifications are anywhere near the level in which they should be at, you know, when you've got your level ones, your level twos, your threes, et cetera, you know, and then you've got, you know, the likes of Satanta College will run things and, and, and stuff like that. But I, I just feel, Joe, we could really follow the path of professional soccer, you know, where you have your A for A, your A for B, you know, and, and you'd be more tuned into it maybe than I would be, like from, from speaking to Kier more often. But like the, the, the soccer seems to be where you have to earn your qualification, Joe. Like, I'm not being disrespectful to the foundation and the level one, but like, you know, you can roll on there next weekend and you can do it over two weekends and all of a sudden GA have given you a certificate and you're a qualified coach. Do you know what I mean? You know, and I think that that's something that we could really, really look at and learn from other sports, Joe, in that respect, you know, and, and I know it's a financial thing, a cost thing, but it gives you an opportunity, Joe, to, to really, really improve the, the levels and the standards of coaching because I'll give you a quick story. When, when Germany were failing, so the Germans mm. were failing, right? And what they did was they looked at why they were failing and they looked at their academy systems. And this is when Germany, before Germany, had the really good spell there quite recently. When the likes of Thomas Muller and these guys were only coming through their academies. You know, Germany were focused on big, strong, fit athletes. The German teams were always very functional, very fit, very athletic. And then all of a sudden, the likes of this Thomas Muller was coming through and Man City and these guys, you know, and there were more smaller, technical, you know, base players. And But it wasn't, it wasn't because Joe, a different type of player was coming through. It's because they were developing a different type of coach. That was the big thing. Germany actually ripped up their whole coach education program, their, co their whole coach education system, and they installed a brand new emphasis on actually improving the coaching, Joe, from yeah. underage level up. And they reaped the rewards. They reaped the rewards. You know, and that was the time that Muller and these guys were were coming through, you know, and they and they reaped the rewards because they were they were contesting European championships and World Cups every year for about eight or nine years. And Stevie, the GAA, I think, carried out a survey recently on coaches. I think something like 10,000 took part. Something like 90% said they had a coaching qualification. 10% said they didn't. Now, I'd be worried if that. I might think it's a bit more than 10%. But as you said, they currently have the foundation, the level one, level two, and I think there's a level three on the way. But as you said there about the UEFA, UEFA licenses, I think the pro UEFA license, you need that to actually manage a team that's in the Champions League or the Europa League. Um, yeah. Do you think that some, some kind of system like that should come into the GAA where it's compulsory to manage an inter-county team that you have to have a certain coaching qualification or a club team or something like that? Or we, we're not at that stage yet? What do you think? 100% some sort of regulation at inter-county level. 100% Joe. And the reason simply being is that too many inter-county jobs revolve around jobs of the boys you know and old boys network you know players etc etc strolling out of jobs strolling out of, of their playing careers and strolling an inter-county job on the back of a name or the back of a successful county or something like that you know and and, it, and it's probably unfair uh, like I'm well down the, the the road now of coaching but I look at so many good young coaches like I'm 43 now Joe and I've been coaching you know at schools level now for 21 years 
Stevie, is that, uh, you know, is that why, sorry, sorry to cut across, is that why there's such a high turnover of coaches at inter-county level? Is because some of them haven't got the qualifications or is that a different thing? No, I think, Joe, what it is, is I think like, you know, like I'm 43 now, Joe, and I would, you might think this is a mad statement, like, but even at 43, like the energy that's needed for inter-county level, like, you know, I've done five years yeah. at senior inter-county level, Joe, and it is a high, high energy environment, like a really high energy environment and it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting huge demands on it. You know, everybody now thinks that to go in with this mammoth backroom team. You look at Kevin McStay's backroom teams, a circus too. You know, at Mayo, like it's an absolute circus and everyone knows that, like, but it ticks all the boxes. You know, it ticks all the boxes. You have big names in, you know, and I think at one stage, Donny and, and say, Rochford were, were linked with about 15 jobs in Ireland at one stage. Like it was a like, I'm sort of thinking, geez, if this one doesn't work out, where are they going to end up? But I sort of made a decision last year that, I've had, had multiple offers of, of inter-county jobs this year. And to be honest with you, but you really, really do need a huge amount of energy. But what the point I'm coming back to is, is very straightforward. Like I'm 43 now and I've been coaching at schools level for 21 years. I've been coaching at senior level for 15. You know, I, I retired at 29. I retired from playing at 29, probably too early. But like I look back now, Joe, I have no regrets whatsoever. I really enjoyed my, my, my coaching journey and I'm still currently enjoying it. But I'm looking at some coaches now coming through at 34, 35 who are brilliant coaches, and I mean brilliant coaches. I don't want to start naming them, like, but, you know, I look at, for example, I'll give you one example, like, I look at a lad, for example, at Donegal, who I would have a lot of respect for, a lad called Luke Barrett. Like, Luke yeah, is, I know Luke, yeah. Luke's a great guy. Luke was the Donegal minor manager, right? Yeah. Now, there's a frustration, probably, with Luke, because he didn't have an illustrious playing background, he doesn't have a string of medals in his back pocket as a player, you know, and, and might not necessarily have this, you know, really, really, you know, uh, what's the right word, um, uh, uh, you know, big name or whatever you want to call it, you know, that some of these guys have. But then you've got to ask the question about some of these guys. What have some of these guys done in the last number of years that warrants this big repetition of big name, you know, and and, and coming with 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 huge demands, et cetera, et cetera, for, for counties financing and stuff. So I think, Joe, there needs to be a huge level of regulation and inter-county level in particular. There should be, you know, there should be, Joe, you should have to earn, you should have to earn, you know, your, your right to coach there and that. And, and this is my point there, right? When I came out of playing, I didn't have an illustrious playing career. I, you know, I, I enjoyed playing. Um, now, I probably thought I was a better player than a lot of people would say I was, Joe, but but that's just the way I was. <laughs> I've seen you playing a few times now, Stevie, down at the marshes there. I consist of one of the best right foots ever ever seen in Nuri. That's a joke. <laughs> but Joe, what it was, and that's the thing, I'm actually glad that I didn't have that right because I'll tell you why. I had to really earn my respect in coaching, right, very early. And I went into a senior job at a very young age and I looked around that changing rooms. Brendan McVeigh, Marty Clark, John Clark. That was my first managerial job. James Colgan. You know, these are guys that had played in Crow Park in front of 80,000 people and I was coming in at 30 you know, and my biggest day out was maybe an intermediate semi-final with my club, you know. And I'll be honest with you, it actually stood me in great stead because it gave you the confidence and the belief that, you know, that this is... The, and that's the thing, Joe, you know, when you have to earn your reputation, and it's a bit like Marty Clark said to me when he started coaching, because playing came so easy to him, he all of a sudden thought that maybe coaching would come so easy to him, but he quickly found out it doesn't come as easy to you, you know, and you have to work bloody goddamn hard at it. You know, and the hours that you put in and the time spent, like, for example, this evening, just before I came on to see you, like, I was going through some old notes and things like that, and I was looking at some old files that I had. Like, I have files come back to even when I was coaching in Manchester at university, when, when I was coaching the university team in, in 1989, you know, 23 years ago, when we were doing some speed, agility, and quickness stuff, and we were <clears> trying to, you know, 
developed some shooting drills and stuff like that out in the field at college in England. And it's mad, like, you know, when you, and I had a little exercise book that it's it's well worn away now, but I don't know what I wrote in it, you know, that I was doing and stuff. And it was, yeah. it was fun to actually look back on some of that stuff, you know. So it is, it is Joe, something for me that I, that I think we need to be, Maybe looking at in the association, definitely more regulation as regards you know where your coaching awards are and 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 also who's delivering them, who's delivering them because there's nothing worse, Joe, than going to a coach education day and not having you know any dynamic to it or you know and that's something that we really really pride ourselves on with with our own school days that there's a bit of humour, there's a bit of passion, there's a bit of energy, you know, and there's also obviously abundance of quality, like but you need a wee bit of everything on the day, you know, to keep coaches really really engaged. Yeah, you certainly do, Stevie. Stevie, just uh, moving on towards uh, the end, kind of, where do you think coaching education is moving to? I know that we have, obviously, the internet has pushed everything forward with webinars, WhatsApp groups, blogs. We've got Twitter, tactical animation, coaching websites, like you mentioned earlier on. What, what do you think the future is of coaching education in the GA in general? Well, geez, well, I, I do feel that, that the market is, is is becoming you know a lot more saturated than it was joe uh which is brilliant in one way but it takes away a little bit from our day too uh, because our day was very very unique and, and very special like but i do feel, still feel that you know we have one of the best coaching uh you know education days in the country i really really fully believe we do and anyone who's ever been to them you know what I, I don't think there's ever been any negative feedback for us like which is which is fantastic but i do feel joe that there needs to be some form of regulation from Crow Park in that, you know, the awards need the awards need really looked at. Like Joe, I did my level two back in two thousand and eight or something or two thousand nine. I, I think it was a long time ago. Like I done level one in, in 07, the year the school won the All Ireland. I done it in 07. and it was. Did you get a certificate, Stevie? Did you? Because I, did. I don't mind, and I didn't get a certificate for some reason. It, it was actually Kieran, it was actually Kieran uh, Daly who who was running ours, and I didn't get a certificate. So uh, Kieran, if really? if you're listening in, you you may get me that certificate fairly soon. Daily, daily, be sending in a PDF to save the paper, you know. But the, uh, <laughs> but, but on a serious note, Joe. On a serious note, this is this is true. Like you know, you look at it and you think to yourself that level one, Joe. I'm not being disrespectful. Like it was, it was nonsensical. Like, you know what I mean? It was really nonsensical. Like, like from coming from a PE background, like there was stuff there that you were going like, what? Like you know, like what did you actually get out of it? Like nothing really. As you say, maybe a piece of paper, but nothing really. But the, the fact that you know you can get such an array of of experience, and and the one big thing, Joe, I would say to you, like the best experiences I've got have been watching other coaches. That's the best experiences I've got, you know, and the best qualifications. And I remember speaking to a coach actually who did a lot of coaching uh, around a lot of different counties. And I remember saying, I'm like, have you, what, what have you qualification wise? He goes, nothing, like absolutely nothing. And and this man would have been maybe coaching for the guts of 20 odd years, you know, and like literally no, and as you said, Joe, like there would be, I would love to see how many people actually have, coaching qualifications like you know the foundation the level ones and the level twos like and, that, and, that, and that's a huge thing because there's a whole rare thing now i know joe it's a wee bit different now we have to have the child protection done and stuff like that there and, and the things like that but those are just tick box exercise for an for administrator somewhere to say no that's all above board and health and safety's gone absolutely mental these days so you know that's just to make sure that everyone's covered and and, and rightly so and vetted which which is obviously hugely important now when you're working with with underage teams because you have to be so careful joe in the modern day like you know it's 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 a it's a really 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 trial by social media now out there you know if you put a photo wrong like you know yourself like there'll be a video of you somewhere or there'll be something floating about on, yeah. on twitter that you know mm -hmm. to try 
you know, defame someone's good name, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's that's society that we live in. You know, it's a poisonous society at the present moment in time. Like, but but you have to look, Joe, for me, the future of coach education has to be directed from Crow Park down. You know, there has to be some form of, of regulation or stipulation to say that, you know, to do this, you have to have X, Y, and Z. You know, to coach at this level, you have to have X, Y, and Z. And it would not be that difficult, Joe, to do something like that. It would not be that difficult to, to, to have something like that. And look, I would love to see a day, Joe, you know, God Spurs, I would love to see a day where my own day, in our own school, you know, that there is some form of qualification or certificate that comes from that as well, because it's become such a such a, a really, really uh, vibrant and popular and, and, and hugely beneficial day for coaches at all levels, Joe. Okay, brilliant, Stevie. So, Stevie, Saturday, this 22nd of October, it starts at 10 o'clock, I believe, and it's at St. Joe's School there in Newry in County Down. Uh, from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock, you've got Bernard Jackman, Enda McGinley, Niall Morgan, and Joe Torley. Just before you go, Stevie, sometimes I hear people that run these clinics, the weather can play a havoc with it. Do you have contingency plans in place or anything like that? In case the weather is really bad, our first session is our first session's indoor. Uh, right. So you know, we'll be indoor initially for Bernard's talk. Uh, that we're back indoors this year, Joe. We had a we had to have a full outdoor one there last year for because of right. COVID and stuff like that. So we're back indoors for Bernard's, and then the one bit of advice that I would give is if you don't want to get your hair wet, you shouldn't be coaching. You know, so the <laughs> so, uh, so I'll tell you, I think a bad day. Uh, and many's a, many's a bad pitches. I'm sure you've been too, Joe. And I remember one year uh, traveling down the road to, to Carlow training and leaving Nuri, and there was snow at the Carrickdale Hotel. And for anyone obviously listening, you know, the Carrickdale Hotel is about 10 minutes from my house, about two hours from Carlow. And it was heavy. And I remember ringing O'Brien and saying to Turlick, Turlick, look, the snow is heavy here. Like, you still want me to travel down? He says, I'll be grand. He says, this is the way. You know, I'll give you grand. Far away. There. There's not hardly a sniffle here, he says. And so by the time I got to fucking, uh, uh, what do you call the uh, junction there, bloody just outside uh, Castle Dermot there and, and close to the junction of Kyungo, the visibility was about three metres and uh, it was like about six inches of snow. I thought it was going to be snowed in, but but eventually we, we trained in heavy snow that night, Joe, and, and I'll tell you, those, those were character building sessions. Those weren't, I have to say. Uh, Turlo's a hard, he's a hard taskmaster, master, isn't he? He is indeed. Great fella. Great fella. Uh, uh, Stevie, well, here, listen, good luck uh, on Saturday. You'll certainly be a busy oh, man exactly. and you'll enjoy a few pints after it, I'd say. Yeah, listen, look, we're looking forward to Joe. And again, you know, Joe, maybe just, just to make, make a point of reference in as well, like, you know, the, the support we get from the school staff as well is absolutely invaluable, you know, from, from our principal and our vice principal, you know, Declan and Mark there, and then right down through the staff as well. Like, you know, last year we must have had the guts of seven or eight staff in the likes of Glenn and Damien and Kevin and Francie and these guys, you know, they're absolutely brilliant, brilliant guys. Like, and they'll come in and, you know, they'll give up their morning, they'll give up their day, you know, and, and no one, as I say, Joe, genuinely no one gets in any profit out of it there's no there's no pennies exchange hands with us you know everything goes back into the school and and that's that's the beauty of the day as well do you get great satisfaction and you get a great buzz at the end of the day knowing that these people are coming to to support the school just as much as today as well you know so thanks very much brilliant brilliant good luck this weekend stevie okay well thanks very much for tuning in and thanks stevie thank you joe